0: Hi there. I'm Françoise von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. Hi, everyone. Now, in the aftermath of the recent signing of the Chips and Science Act by President Biden, we've been seeing a lot of news articles about Mexico positioning itself to take advantage of the U.S.'s desire to bring semiconductor manufacturing closer to home. Now, this actually all started long before we had a chip crisis with the onshoring efforts in the ship program we've talked about before in the podcast. According to the reports I've been reading, Mexico is starting to offer some incentives to tempt semiconductor manufacturers to open facilities there. And now, um, the country is also already the eighth largest producer of electronics, and it's close to where companies like Intel and Samsung are already planning new facilities along the border. Joining me today to talk about the benefits of cross-border manufacturing relationships between the U.S. and Mexico is Dr. Juan Terrazas, the Director of the College of Engineering at Cetus University. Welcome to the podcast, Juan. Thank you for inviting me. And um, Yeah, no, I'm really excited to t- have a conversation with you about this, because I really don't know much about the capabilities in Mexico around semiconductor manufacturing, and um, I really wanted to bring this conversation to our listeners. So before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, my name is Juan Terrazas. Thank you for the introduction. Um, my background is on electronics. I am graduated from CERIT University. It's a private, non-for-profit university in the north of Mexico. After graduation, I make a major and a doctoral degree on semiconductors. That's my background. And I've been working in the industry for more than 11 years. Um, My role in the industry is on reliability and failure analysis. So I have extensive um, knowledge about the fabrication process that is more um, taking place in the US and also also Asia, but in Mexico, most of the activities are related with uh, assembly and test. That's the the main activities.
0: Packaging also. Packaging, yeah, the same. Yeah. When you were working in industry, you worked at SkyWorks, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah, and what was your role there?
1: Well, I in I was in charge of the reliability and failure analysis program at, at the Mexicali plant. Mexicali is, is the capital of Baja California, we are in the border of California, and it's very strategic because uh, as you are there or public and know, uh, we are in the Semicon Valley, it's a, on the area of San Francisco, California, they, they, we have many facilities there, that are um, for fabrication, semiconductor fabrication. And they see uh, Baja as one of the strategic uh, locations for packaging, assembly, and test because they can lower um, the manufacturing cost and they have um, the ports to um, ship all the product directly to, to the customers. So that's I mean, there's a very good supply chain located here in, in, in between the US and Mexico.
0: Well, that's really what we're short on in the United States too, is uh, I don't think there is a single high volume packaging, assembly, and test facility. We everything gets sent offshore currently, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah, mostly in the Philippines. There are major facilities there, but uh going back to the case of the specific case of Skyworks. The biggest plan of Skyworks, it's in Baja. I mean, most of the more than 50 percent of the of the total um, um, labor that that uh, it's in Skyworks, it's in Baja. Because that's I mean, the major constraint there is packaging and test. That's the, the bottleneck.
0: OK, and what does Skyworks manufacture? What kind of? Products. Yeah. yeah,
1: the application goes on uh, wireless applications. They uh, fabricate power amplifiers, all the products that um, enables wireless communications. You can find their products in cellular phones, mainly in laptops that require uh, Bluetooth and wireless connections.
0: So what made you decide to transition from industry at Skyworks back to academia?
1: Yeah, well, that's a very good question. Um, When I was at Skyworks, I started to uh, teach. I love teaching, uh, but also I started to pursue my doctoral degree. So I started to do more research. And then after two or three years uh, doing research and and also um, mixing these activities with with industry, I decided to do what I love the most. So I go to, directly to research, and I got a position, a full-time position at Cedis University where I find a, a place to, to do this research. I'm interested mainly in semiconductor characterization, failure analysis, but also all the technologies that are driving digital transformation in companies. Um, as you might know, what all start these nightmare about semiconductors is that the pandemic the pandemic shift all the product fabrication towards um, laptops and computer devices and the automotive industry are lacking of semiconductors and we are having a lot of uh, car assemblers that don't don't have the 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 products for to build the the cars but uh, this act the ships act that President um, Biden already signed. It's trying to solve the, the issue that we are facing in our industry right now.
0: Now, there is a lot of automotive assembly facilities in Mexico, correct? Correct, yes. So they could really probably felt the impact of that.
1: Here we have Ford, we have um, Panasonic. there are suppliers uh, of automotive um, parts. We have many, many uh, Volkswagen, for example, for instance, many, many... Uh, Facilities that are lacking of semiconductors, this is an issue right now. We, we are also seeing um, a growing um, investment in all the systems requires to boost advanced manufacturing. Uh, as you may know, many companies have some level of automation, but now in the context of Industry 4.0, they are investing more and more in hardware and systems to get these real-time data uh, systems. They, they they need sensors, they need robots, they need many things that require semiconductors. So, um, we are lacking in semiconductors, but the, the, the demand is going to increase a lot in the future because of this need of digital transformation of
0: companies. Other than the skyworks facilities that you described and the automotive um can you describe some of the microelectronics manufacturing capabilities that are located in mexico
1: yes yes Uh, across the border we have um many many companies like skyworks we have others that are um, um, specialized in discrete devices like infineon they're investing a lot in in tijuana for, for example We have um, Intel, they they have a very large design center in Guadalajara. Companies that are IT um, sector that also requires and build uh, devices, semiconductor devices. IBM, for instance, and others. Um, But uh, there's also a sector that requires semiconductors. Uh, All the environmental sector, especially the companies that are building solar panels they require solar cells, and solar cells are mainly uh, fabricated using silicon. So the same process that are used for microchips are the same are the ones used for um, solar cell fabrications. So we have Kyocera, we have um, many, many companies um, that uh, are lacking of, of these uh, uh, materials.
0: So a lot of these companies are not... Companies that are headquartered in Mexico, but other companies from outside of Mexico have invested in building facilities. Why have they selected Mexico to build their facilities there?
1: I think the main driver it's a labor. Uh, they find a lot of skilled workforce in Mexico. Uh, as you already stated, um, we are the eighth, the eighth uh, country to, uh, in terms of volume, that we manufacture le- electronic devices. Uh, so we have a, a very talented workforce, a skilled workforce that they have the knowledge to build these devices. They're complex devices. So um the learning curve is shorter than in other countries. That's I think that's the main work, the main reason. But also we have a large number of of young people that are looking the sector as one, uh, very competitive and also, uh, a sector that allows them to grow, have a career path and in technology. So, um, students that are coming from universities, I, I seeing these companies as, as the platforms for development. So that's another, uh, main driver. And also, um, we see the cost of quality, um, Mexico is i mean um locate, location for for this kind of, of uh, manufacturing processes uh, so the workforce that are is working in these kind of uh companies they have very good quality levels uh, Versus other countries that they they don't have this kind of expertise. So I think those are the main
0: drivers. It's interesting that you mentioned labor because we have a real talent shortage in the semiconductor industry right now. And positioning your, you know, companies positioning their facilities where there is a strong workforce is a really good strategy. What
1: I'm seeing right now is a ramp up in the programs that are related with IT. With electronics and also uh, with computer science, software. Those are uh, mean programs that are not mean directly um, uh, focused on semiconductor manufacturing, but support the industry. So uh, the focus of the universities, especially the ones that are in the border, it's to boost not only the semiconductor uh, major but also all the other programs that support the industry because. Um, if we um, we are intending to create um, capabilities across the border and companies like Intel, AMD, or others uh, see Mexico as a place for investment, they will require other other positions, other roles also to to incorporate those, those facilities. It's not only engineering, also marketing, business, and all the fields that support the industry.
0: So how could the U.S. leverage these capabilities to bolster our domestic supply chain?
1: One one strategy that started before, even before the CHIPS Act uh, signed up, it's that um, uh, trying to reassure the, the companies that are in, in Asia, trying to bring them to... to close to the border, and if that happens um, and they invest in Mexico, they will find the labor, the quality, the cost, and the logistics to boost the industry. Uh, If we shorter the supply chain, that that would bring benefits to our customers because they will have products on time or in, in less time with the quality they need. And they won't depend on any political issue that they may encounter between Asia, especially specifically China and, and mm-hmm. the U.S. Mm-hmm. They 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 will have the guarantee that they will have their, their product.
0: And do you think we have a strong enough positive relationship these days for that to happen?
1: Yeah, um, I think so. Um, we have the, these. Uh, um, agreement between Mexico, Canada, and the U S to mm-hmm. boost economy. We, that's, I mean, that's the foundation, mm-hmm. but, uh, but also we have a very good relationship between companies, universities, research centers. Uh, that, that's something that is occurring on a daily basis. So we are also looking for, for projects to boost the, the border and, and make this kind of, uh, multilateral uh, agreements to, uh, bring STEM to the community, also have a new business on on both sides of the border and, and try to leverage the economy. That's that's
0: the point. So now, what's your perspective of the Chips and Science Act that was recently signed?
1: I think that was necessary. That's a, that's a good movement from the U.S. government because uh, it's not only the semiconductor shortage that this is addressing. We have also... Uh, to address innovation. We need to go to the next level. As I already said, uh, we are facing a new industry revolution. So we need to think out of the box. Uh, And these CHIPS Act also address innovation, Mm -hmm. address things in the aerospace industry, but also in the environment uh, sector. Uh, We need to make things different. Uh, We we need to start... um, Looking to renewable energy, so um, solar cells and, and solar energy, it's I think that's the future. Mm-hmm. If we also try to innovate in electric electrical storage, that it's the foundation of electrical electrical cars. That's also a, a good thing to to support uh, on this uh, ships uh, initiative or act.
0: You know that sustainable semiconductor manufacturing is a big topic right now. How is Mexico positioned to support that?
1: Sustainability in chips manufacturing?
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned renewable energy, and it makes me think, you know, making chips uses a lot of water, it uses a lot of electricity, and a lot of of the companies like Intel and others are really having strong environmental social governance policies to reduce all of those things and to achieve net zero emissions by, I think, 2040. So I'm just wondering how that would play in with what's happening in Mexico. Um
1: water is is an issue uh I think in both sides of of the of the border. Um this year uh we are seeing that we will have less water in the Colorado River. That's that's an, an issue.
0: Same thing in Arizona. That's
1: impacting Arizona, um, Baja and all these um uh, states. Uh, but what I'm also hearing from the governors uh, in both sides of the border is that they like to, they want to support this this initiative, and and that's because the semiconductor industry brings uh, more salaries, better salaries to to people. I mean, they they will require a skilled workforce, and this also bring the benefit to the students that they will have a better job in the technological um, sector. Uh, And the people that are already working on manual activities, they they will be forced to uh, upskill. So we have a benefit on the quality of life of people. So bringing this kind of industry to the border, it's it's a good decision. So governors are trying to boost this, this uh, proposal and support it so what i'm seeing is even if we have a, a challenges in, in resources water electricity they will find a way to to support the, the industry
0: and so my last question how do you think the chips act will impact these cross-border relationships Do you think it'll be a positive impact
1: yeah i think will be positive um It it already, it's already, it's moving things across the border. Um, I got a notification uh, last week that, um, especially for universities, uh, to look again to their um, academic programs and and try to uh, reinforce all the semiconductor curriculum and electronics curriculum. This is something, so we are preparing Mm -hmm. to this Mm -hmm. uh, ramping up. Of industry, uh, so this is something positive from my perspective. It's something positive, and and from SETIS, we will support the initiative.
0: That's great. Well, that's very exciting, and we'll have to keep following this, and maybe have you back on the podcast sometime as we see things evolve. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah, I will be glad to to come back and and see what what happened after uh, some weeks or months from from now. So-
0: if people wanted to reach you to talk more about this, what's the best way for them?
1: Well, we have a uh web page at CETIS. Uh, I can I can bring the, the information to you. It's ww.setis.com.mx, sorry. So mm-hmm. they, they can uh, have more information about our university, but um we also have a, a section there with they we as faculty with Send information about many topics in the semiconductor industry, but also other that affects the border in terms of supply chain, a business that are occurring across the border. So we have a lot of information in our website.
0: Okay, great. Well, I'll, we will drop that in the show notes. And uh, thanks for your time today. It was a pleasure discussing this with You're you. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. There's lots more to come, so tune in next time to the 3D Insights Podcast. The 3D Insights Podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.